This is the number one determinant podcast where we believe that you are the number one determinant of success of our students. My name is Jonathan Pascal, and I am your host. Today we will be discussing what it means to know that you are the number one determinant of success for your students or for those you lead. We'll be discussing this through the lens of iron sharpening iron. It is my pleasure to welcome and introduce our guest, Lieutenant Steve Barger. He is currently serving as the school board chair for Brunswick County Schools. Stephen is married with three daughters. We got a girl dad in the room today. Lieutenant Barger is a shift commander at Baldhead Island Public Safety overseeing the fire, police, and EMS operations. He holds a degree in fire service administration. Back in 2020, he was awarded at the WCT Wilmington 40 Under 40. Lieutenant Barger is one of 618 people worldwide to be a designated fire officer from the Center for Public Safety Excellence. He also served as Mayor Pro Tem for Bowling Springs Lakes. Welcome, welcome, Lieutenant Barger. I just have to say, from your list alone of accomplishments already, uh, I know we've got a lot that we can gain from your perspective in the way of leadership. Also know how humble you are, so even to hear these things uh, read out, I know uh, probably uh, makes you a little, uh, I don't know about nervous, but takes you back and says, you know, you might not need to say all these things about me. I remember talking about that even in coming up with it. Um, But that's just who you are. You've served, you've led, and then here you are. Uh, We want to hear from you and your your leadership style. So with that, before we jump into some of the discussions around uh, iron sharpening iron, I'd love to hear, what does it look like to be a girl dad at this stage in life, Mr. Parger? Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I think being a girl dad has been uh, one of my greatest challenges in my life so far. Uh, you know, m- matching clothes before school, braiding hair, making sure I have ponytails straight or in the proper location has uh, been a challenge in the past for me. But uh, my youngest daughter is uh, starting kindergarten this year, so I should have it perfected with the last one, hopefully. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah I can imagine. I've got two boys. Uh, uh, the listeners might not know, but I've got two boys on very opposite ends of the spectrum, not, not quite worried about um, braiding hair yet or anything. Uh, so I can imagine just that part alone, but also matching clothes. Dear Lord, my boys are never matching in, in, any, um, in any stretch of the imagination. So, uh, well, this is, this is excellent to have you on. We really are uh, honored to have you and look to, to ask you some questions here that, that kind of dive in and discuss um, what it looks like for you. So before we get into it, I kind of want to talk about and open up what um, the concept that we're going to discuss. We're going to uh, really talk around leadership and, and uh, in a way that means um, iron sharpening iron and using that term. It's a biblical term that really implies that it takes two um, pieces of iron to be able to sharpen one or the other. So in other words, we need one another. Now with that in in mind, uh, sometimes when we're moving into these leadership roles or we're working with uh, individuals on our teams, uh, we need to make sure that we 
have sharpened uh, ourselves, that we're continuing to stay sharp. Uh, there, there's a, you know, phrases out there where he's losing his edge or she's losing her edge. Those are things that we want to make sure we're never doing. So in order to prepare for that, that we can best sharpen the iron of, of, um, of our team, of, of those um, that we work with or alongside, we need to make sure we're also taking care of ourselves. Moving into the discussion, though, uh, we want to start by looking at vision. Uh, now, vision in terms of a, an organization, a group, um, could be anything that they're leading and there, our listeners uh, might be leading in their field. We want to think of creating and, and speaking a positive or uh, a specific vision into the group. So we know, though, with that in mind, uh, that we truly believe that there are seeds of greatness in all of the people we work with on a regular basis. Uh, so with that being said, sometimes that vision can really influence the way that we're building each other up and pushing the uh, the mission of our entity, whether it be uh, you know a school, whether it be a an entire district, or uh, whether it be in those pockets where we lead. So I really want to look in and, and hear from you, uh, Lieutenant Barger. When leaders are looking or working, excuse me, with teams, how can a vision, a clear vision, help sharpen the iron in individuals within that group as well? Absolutely. I, th I think one of the biggest things that you know, large corporations can make or even school systems at times is when they're creating vision, not bring all of the stakeholders into the vision. So it doesn't just have to be you know, high ranking positions, whether you know, be a superintendent or a principal at a school. Uh, in, in my career field, it doesn't have to just be the fire chief. I think for the vision to really be just that, the vision for the whole agency or the whole company, that you have to get the buy-in from people from the very bottom to the very top. When that vision portrays a message that everybody feels in their own heart, everybody's gonna buy into it more, and they're all gonna be more active in making that successful and building goals based off that vision. Oh, that's great, When you, and you really closed it up with that last piece. When you're talking about making your own goals, uh, I imagine with a clear vision, and you set that with your team, when they start really working in what that looks like in their entire organization, they start really honing in on individual goals. So like in a school system, you know, we have a professional development plan and uh, as, you know, as a principal, I'm a school principal at West Brunswick High School, but uh, we have our own goals and then we set goals as a school. Well, from there, each individual uh, teacher in a room also sets their three main goals for the year. Uh, but with a clear vision, uh, nine times out of ten, you're going to really see all of those goals align with that vision. Uh, I imagine that's similar to um, you know to your field as well. Uh, you know, when they set those individual goals, they're really tied into the vision. Can you can you speak to that? Have you seen uh, I guess your team grow towards a specific vision in the past? Absolutely. I think one thing that's made us successful, especially on our shift uh, where I currently work, is on day one when our shift makeup was all put together, we all sat down and wrote down personal goals. And then we all sat down and wrote down professional goals. And I actually hold on to those um, in, in my office and, and I bring them out every, every so often and we kind of look at each other's goals and somebody might actually achieve a goal they didn't write down but it was somebody else's goal. And just seeing that collaboration where people are helping each other meet their goals has been really big for me. You know, another thing is vision gives people purpose. And I think when folks come to work or when they go through life with a purpose, it increases morale to start with, which, which is vital in any industry. And it also helps with that servant leadership model. You know, 
servant leadership is not just concentrating on the goals or the success of the company or the school, but it's concentrating on the goals and success of the people that make up that company. And in the school system, I think that's even more necessary. You do a great job here at West Brunswick High School with that because if you look at your teachers, their servant leadership model is based on making their students successful. And just like you may be graded as a principal on the success of your teachers and the success of your students, we're really building up to that. And at the district level, I think we're doing a pretty good job of that right now. It's been very rewarding for me to be on the school board and work with folks such as yourself to really learn different aspects of leadership and different aspects of motivating people from different walks of life. You know, to motivate firemen may be a different way to motivate a teacher, maybe a, a different way to motivate a CEO of a Fortune 500 company. And it's really getting into knowing those people and know what drives them. I always say, you know, what is it that makes somebody tick? Mm-hmm. And, and that's really important to find that thing, that driver, and, and really help them build upon that. Man, that, that actually goes right into the next content or next question I really wanted to ask you. Uh, the intent of iron sharpening iron, uh, really utilizing one another to, to learn, grow, and succeed. Um, I mean, you couldn't have given a better segue, but so with that being said, both, uh, you know, obviously we talked about iron sharpening iron and you need iron to sharpen another uh, piece of iron. It takes a group and it takes a collective entity, but it takes people collaborating and working together. And you spoke to it, I would, I would agree, you know, between the school board, between um, superintendent, the principals, to the teachers, um, to everyone in, in the building, uh, custodians, to bus drivers, uh, to teacher assistants. The collaboration has, has truly been astonishing through uh, some difficult times like the, the pandemic. Uh, but with that, being, uh, with that being said, we're still looking at ways that we can continue to grow and collaborate more. And that's one thing that I've seen from your leadership is that you do, uh, you get to the, cl- to the uh, not just to the schools, but into the classrooms. Um, and then you're also continually asking and, and uh, basically looking for, for responses and questions and feedback from not just principals or not just the superintendent, uh, not just uh, other board members, collectively, um, you know, our community. And with that being said, when the teachers are feeling heard and, and we, we know that when they ask us things or bring up ideas that we can then basically come to you guys or go to Dr. Oates, our superintendent, we know that those, those ideas and things are going to be heard. Um, and it's not always a yes, we can do that. It's a well, how can we make this work with, with the, within the reason and the resources that we have? Uh, so with that being said, that collaboration is huge. Now, going back to the, the content here, the, the concept I want to look into is that through that collaboration, uh, we really need to make sure that we're really honing in on motivation and inspiration on a regular basis. I know at our school, just in terms of our teachers and our students, we want to make sure that they feel motivated, yes, on a regular basis, but then they truly feel inspired. That goes back to that why that you were talking about, that that, that vision that, that you discussed in the beginning. So if you can, uh, speak to us about sharpening others through motivation and inspiration. I know you touched on it a little bit already, but if you can expand on that, and then how that might relate to you uh, and your peers, or also to those you lead. Absolutely. The number one thing for me, I think, is relationships. I think it's vital that we forge good, strong relationships uh, in a professional manner, no matter what profession you're in. I know throughout the years, I've worked for leaders who don't care about forging relationships. It's very rigid. They come to work, you come to work, everybody kind of stays in their lane, does their job, and that, and that can work. But what doesn't work, though, is having a void in that relationship area where 
you don't know the person you're working with, whether you're working for them or they're working for you. That's one thing I've tried to do, I think, is be approachable, but when I, when I go into schools and even the relationship you and I have built over, over the last couple of years at, to where if, if we're at central office and, and you're at central office, you know, hey, Mr. Pascal, hey, Mr. Barger, we can shake hands, kind of cut up a little bit in a professional manner, but that makes both of us more approachable. So if there's ever an issue, it's a lot easier to portray mm -hmm. that to each other. Yeah. And even when I walk the halls at your school and all the other ones, I try to have that relationship mindset when I'm walking the halls. So, you know, I'm not just another, um, you know, politician or talking head like we've talked about in the past, just walking through the hallways and it's like, you know, oh, so-and-so's here. I'd rather be, have a wave, shake a hand, be able to get into those classrooms and really learn. And, and, and that's really important in the educational sector here. And in my profession, motivation is big. I always tell my guys, you should want to be the very best paramedic, police officer, or firefighter around here. Does that mean you're always going to? No. But if you're always chasing excellence, I believe excellence is something that we don't actually attain. But if you're chasing excellence every day, you're going to be really good. And so that's something that I really try to, to harp on my guys is always be chasing that next thing you can learn because it's going to make you better. I like that. I like that phrase. I might have to steal it. Chasing yeah. excellence. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. It's not something that you, you know, you're going to instantly be um, perfect at this. You're not going to. In fact, perfection is probably a term that we shouldn't use. You know, you're not going to be perfect at it. Um, when they say, you know, uh, practice makes everybody knows the next phrase is typically perfect, right? But, um, but you bring up, you know, it's more so chasing that excellence. Like practice is really just going to make you better. Practice is just going to make you grow. You know, it's just going to improve you. Um, so that's a good point. Um, and to this, you know, if you're really getting your team um, and in terms of our school and we're, we're working with our teachers to, to chase what that next step is for them to improve themselves. I know that's going to translate over into our kids where they feel that same uh, sense of urgency towards uh, chasing excellence. I like that. I like that a lot. And another thing you can use is as you're chasing excellence, you, you have to have those motivators or folks to be motivated to do that. And I, I think some of the big things that we, we sometimes just in society don't hit enough on is building that trust through those relationships, um, challenging people as much as we can within realistic boundaries and realistic goals, and then rewarding them and celebrating their successes because that can be a big motivation for people. I work for folks over the years who maybe go and they get another certification or they achieve a degree or some experience that may be unique. and if it's ignored or not celebrated or, or they're not told good job or thank you, some people that might not be, might not be a thing for them, but for others, just hearing good job, mm -hmm. you, you did a great job today, or I saw what you did yesterday, or uh, this citizen wrote a letter to the principal or to the fire chief and said, you did a great job. That can be a motivator in and of itself, like where people are feeling like they're being noticed, that their hard work is actually going towards something and they're providing a product that people are thankful for. Yeah, that I mean that's you hit the nail on the head there, especially with motivation. That is a key motivator. Whenever I know that what I'm working diligently to do on a regular basis and I'm reaching these goals to celebrate that in the end in some form or fashion with something as simple as it might not say when we say simple it's really not uh, a handwritten letter you know an, a, an email even um, is appreciated now of something so specific like this right here I appreciated when you did this or wow I really saw the hard work you put in um, it's less about um, 
yeah, you made me uh, happy about the work you did. It's more about, wow, I could see the time and effort you put in. Um, and that really does motivate individuals quite a bit. And then in turn, inspire. We talked before we even uh, started recording the difference between motivation and inspiration. Um, inspiration uh, appears to be that, that why. You know, you really find out, this is why I do what I do. And I'm inspired to improve or grow my students or uh, be the best fire, you know, fireman that I can. These are those areas where I want to I want to feel that inspiration. Motivation is kind of on the front end of things where uh, and we all need that. I need to be motivated to wake up and go work out in the mornings. Right. I need to uh, I need to have a little bit of that motivation. Um, but inspiration, true inspiration is where you you kind of basically the rubber meets the road. That's when we really get uh, a lot of move in the organizations that we are uh, leading and charged with servant. Now you talked about servant leadership before uh, we we go today. I do want to hear a little bit more about that. Uh, there's something I know about you. You are uh, not just in a servant position, so a servant leadership position. You are a servant leader. So you you like me. I, I do work uh, in a public school, so I'm I'm serving as the principal, and I, I say that a lot. I don't say I'm uh, you know the principal of the school. A lot of times I uh, I think of myself as being fortunate to serve as the principal of West Brunswick High School. I see that about you as well. Uh, so with that, I just wanted to to hear from you about what it looks like in your industry of truly sharpening those that you lead um, in the same way, ensuring that they are seeing themselves as servant leaders when they go out, and you're not always around, obviously, when they go out and they're supporting and helping out others. How can what you do translate into what your, uh, those you lead do? I think the biggest thing for, for folks who are currently in leadership positions or those who aspire to hold those positions is to forget about the title and forget about the position. For years now, and I learned this from a captain I worked for probably 15 years ago, and his whole thing was he wanted his success to be gauged on the success of his guys. And I've kind of taken that with me through, through the fire service and, and, and the police department now, and my goal now is to help my guys get to wherever they want to get to. So if that means my guys getting promoted above me and I get to work for them, that would be an awesome situation to be in, getting to work for somebody who I helped mentor 10 years ago mm -hmm. and really just helping them because somebody helped me get here. And I think it's a privilege to hold the positions I hold now. I think it's a privilege to hold the position you, you hold. And I think people sometimes get held up on, you know, well, I'm the fire chief or I'm the principal. Mm -hmm. Even once we're gone, people are still going to be the principal. People are still going to be the fire chief. People are still going to be the lieutenant. And so I, I think the more that we go into our jobs with appreciation and gauging our success on the success of the people around us, kind of we were talking about earlier, the success of the team or in, in your aspect, you know, the school or my aspect, the agency or the, or the fire department is vital. But really what matters and what boosts the success of an agency is the success of the people that make up that agency. So that's one thing I go to work with every day. I always tell my guys, if there's anything I can do to help you reach that next level, whatever it may be for you, and also not allowing people to really get stagnant in the position. So for instance, in, in the fire service, we have what's called riding the back seat, which is the firemen. They ride in the back mm -hmm. of the fire truck. Um, you know, decades ago, they used to ride on the tailboard. And, um, <laughs> but there's guys who just for 30 years just want to be a fireman. They don't want to be a driver or a supervisor of any kind. 
And so what I've really tried to concentrate on is finding those people and unlocking that motivation and those goals within that position. Mm. It's kind of like you, know, you have a teacher who just wants to be a teacher. They might not aspire to be an assistant principal or a principal, mm -hmm. but they can grow within that position Absolutely. and just be a phenomenal teacher. And so that's the thing for me is understanding everybody's perspective on where they are and where they want to get to and then helping them grow within that. Wow, yeah, and, the, and it really spoke to being a servant leader when you say that. So now not only are you serving the, you know, the, the community, uh, which is you know, for your, uh, in your career, uh, and not, not just in, in terms of um, um, your lieutenant role, but also in the school board. So not only are you serving in that capacity those who are in the community, now you're serving those who work with you and those you lead. Um, and that's a different level of servant leadership. You know, it's, um, it's even deeper because now in turn you're seeing them, uh, that iron sharpening iron piece, uh, if you in, instill that in them, uh, the goal I would imagine in that big, big uh, vision, so to speak, would be that they take in that same concept that now we're serving our peers and we're serving the community. Um, and they really see that whenever you take the lead there. Well, thank you once again for your time, Lieutenant Bargem. I know that our conversation today has added value to our listeners and sharpened iron, so to speak. Thank you also for your service to the community uh, and, of course, as a board chair in Brunswick County Schools. We will have a second part to this podcast, so please be on the lookout for that. Remember, this is the number one determinant podcast where we believe that you are the number one determinant for the success of those you lead. 